the blue hued city of Meliora, a woman named Marin watches the rain tap against the window of a rented room. Wrinkles beneath her eyes and above her brow betray the ache she feels in her bones. But there is a warmth in her blood, in something stirring, like embers trying to rekindle into flame. She takes a deep breath in, holds it, breathes out. She runs her hand along the iron hatchet that sits on the table and thinks of promises made and kept and broken. Soon we will begin again. In Blood Gold. Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is the Return to Blood Gold prep episode slash State of the Pod slash check-in for 2020, coming in in, like, March. You mean 2022? Oh, God. Oh no, I got it so wrong. 2020 was a while ago. It's still 2020. It, it, I mean, yes, it's, it is. It's just the third year of 2020. It is the third year of 2020, which is, in fact, the worst. But yes, all of those things that you said are true. That is what we're doing today, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we took a nice break from Blood Gold, got some other games in, did some other stuff. And now we are getting ready to return to Marin, Acrea, and Sorel, but we are doing something different. Yes, you certainly could say that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could say other things too, but that one is a true thing. That That is a true thing. That's a true thing that you've said. So we are changing our system that we've been playing Blood Gold in. If you've been listening to the first big chunk of blood gold you know that we were playing in ryutama which is a really fun japanese role-playing game that has a really big emphasis on tracking inventory on managing your equipment as you move through the world it's a really wonderful system it is in a lot of ways designed to be like very cute in a lot of ways but also has some some crunchiness for some like harsh combat and, and hard results it can be it can get pretty dark and we chose Ryutama because it had a lot of rules for overland travel because I at the time really wanted that kind of crunchy inventory management I thought that would be fun to do and it was fun to do yeah and we enjoyed Ryutama for for, for me I did enjoy Ryutama but the crunchy inventory control that was fun for you yes but I will say there were some things about Ryutama that stressed me out a little bit in terms of like gming for actual play yeah it never fully like really clicked with me the combat never really felt natural to me for for what we were going right for for what for how we were playing and for how we do play right just wasn't the right fit at that time 
We've decided to switch to a new system. Diane, do you want to announce the system? We are playing Ironsworn by Sean Tompkin. Yes, we are. And there are some things that we are really excited about for Ironsworn. So if you listened to a few episodes ago, we did a five-episode playthrough of Ironsworn Starforge, which is the latest hack of Ironsworn for science fiction play. And... We really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, that was really, that was a lot of fun. And I think one of the things that I am most looking forward to about our big switch doing going to Ironsworn is that we are going to be blurring the lines between player and GM. Yes, which is one of the reasons that we picked Ironsworn. It's one of the reasons we walked away from Ryutama because we really felt like we needed that and wanted that sort of blur. Mm Mm-hmm. So we are going to be playing sort of guided Ironsworn, which is which is like GM'd Ironsworn. But I would say it's now going to be like a mix between guided Ironsworn and GM-less Ironsworn. Yeah. Where I think I'm going to be like 75% GM, 25% player, and you're going to be 75% player, 25% GM. That's giving me a lot more credit than I think I deserve. But yeah, I agree. I don't think so. I think. I mean, I think we were 50-50 player oh, and GM for Starforge. We were not, but that is so kind of you to say that. Really? You don't yeah. think so? Oh, no, you were. That was definitely 75-25. Well, I'm, I'm okay with that because that's kind of what I'm aiming for. I'm- right. And the truth is that kind of plays into our comfort levels and strengths a little bit. I'm not great at like the big overall ideas, but in the moment I can come up with something pretty sweet. Yeah, I I really want to pass off some of the GM power, some more of the GM power, and in a codified way. Um, I think having it codified like it is in Ironsworn really helps me kind of feel like I can like pass off the reins and not feel like I need to micromanage the story. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of where I naturally go as a very GM-heavy person. Right. But I think that with Ironsworn, we're going to be able to blur that line between GM and player a lot. So what's going to happen is Diana is going to continue playing Marin, and then I am going to take on the role of guide and also continue supporting her as Acrea and Sorel, which are essentially going to have two different stat sets, but be one character. Yeah. Is kind of how we're doing that. Which, I mean, is honestly, it's not really terribly different than how we were playing Ryutomo before. Now it's just kind of on purpose instead of sort of accidentally hodgepodge together because of how we play versus how we thought we were going to play. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't necessarily be assuming that anyone listened to the Starforged playthrough. If you are unfamiliar with Ironsworn, the very quick pitch of it is it is a low fantasy game about making promises and fulfilling those promises. It is a game that is designed for small group play, including solo play. It has a lot of support for like oracles and idea generation at the table. And it is also, it has some Powered by the Apocalypse DNA. Uh, it's very different from Powered. I would, I'm not sure if Sean Tompkin would describe it as Powered by the Apocalypse. I would not necessarily in my brain be like, yes, this is a Powered by Apocalypse game because I think it innovates on the tech so much that it becomes its own thing, like very clearly. I never even made the connection. I think the similarity is in stats, moves, and 
the way that that moves are resolved. Mm -hmm. So you have five stats, edge, heart, iron, shadow, wits. Anytime you hit a move similar to Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, which is a narrative prompt, a narrative cue, Mm -hmm. you roll on that move. And you do that by rolling 1d6 and adding any bonuses you have and your stats, and that becomes your action score. And you're simultaneously rolling 2d10. So if your action score beats neither of the d10s, uh, you have a miss. Mm -hmm. If it beats one of the d10s, you have a mixed success. And if you beat both of the d10s, you have a full success. And there are prompts and cues based on those levels of success, which to me is also kind of a, has some powered by the apocalypse DNA. Yeah, I can see that. So it's definitely its own thing, but that sort of structure of rolling against these oracles um, gives you a feeling of GMless play. And I think Sean Tompkin actually did a Twitter thread on this about one of the reasons why he went with this system was because it gave you like a, a big part of it. I shouldn't put words in his mouth unless I know exactly what he said in the thread. For me, a big part of that 1d6 versus 2d10 is the psychological feedback of rolling against something. Yeah. Versus when you're rolling in Powered by the Apocalypse, you are you have your own dice, right? You have dice that are you, mm-hmm. and there's no like versus. It's just success or failure. Mm-hmm. The d10 gives you this kind of opponent that acts sort of as a GM, which I think is really cool and powerful. So for all those reasons, we've decided to move to the Ironsworn system. Yeah. And I think it's going to work really well since a big theme of Blood Gold is promises Marin and the kobolds have made and how they are upholding those promises. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely think that's going to be a huge deal. And one of the reasons why I was, I mean, I've been very open about this. I'm very much, I'm much more go with the flow with these sorts of things because I don't do the sort of research that you do. I don't know all of the sorts of in and outs of a lot of different games and how many different options there are out there. Um, but one of the reasons that I was really excited about Ironsworn is because of this vow and and being an Ironsworn and swearing on iron, right? Like it's very much who Marin is and I think it fits who Marin is and how we've been playing this game really, really well. I agree. So we've done a little bit of character creation just by we've chosen our assets and we decided we're going to sort of start at level two. So I let Diana choose a fourth asset just because Marin has been adventuring for almost 30 episodes. Doesn't necessarily, even though we're changing systems, it doesn't feel right to me to start her over at level one. Yeah, she wouldn't have been a level one anyway. She was an adventurer for years before we even started this campaign. Yeah. So Diana chose uh, four assets for Marin. I chose two assets for Akrea and two assets for Sorel for a total of four assets. And I'm basically kind of starting them as one character at level two. And I think the only thing really left for us to do is to assign our stats and describe our starting vows and then we can introduce our assets does that make sense yeah i think so okay so let's move into a little bit of character creation and then we'll introduce our characters yeah so character creation in iron sworn is pretty 
uh, straightforward. It's it's quite easy. There's no classes or playbooks. You are building your character based on their the stats that you assign them, how you spread out their stats, and then you get to choose individual moves that describe your character or sets of moves that describe your character called assets. In character creation, step one is envision your character, which, you know, we've done over yeah. 30 sessions. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have a pretty good ideas about our characters. I think so. Step two is choose a name. Done. Check. Easy. Step three is set your stats by arranging these bonuses across edge, heart, iron, shadow, and wits. So a really not super accurate breakdown. Edge is similar to stealth and dexterity. Heart is charisma and empathy. Iron is strength and force. Shadow is stealth. Did I say edge was stealth? Shadow is stealth and like deceitfulness. Mm -hmm. And wits is intelligence and wisdom. I'm looking at the Ryutuma stats for Sorel and Akreya, and I'm going to try to figure out how to break those down. Oh, there are no neutral or negative stats in Iron Sworn. They go three, two, two, one, one, and you can assign those in any way. All right. Can I get your opinion on this? Oh, interesting choice. Wait, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I did the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. Okay. I did the wrong thing. <laughs> my brain my brain looked at the S in shadow and went, that's strength. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. That's what, <laughs> that's what I meant. That breakdown <laughs> makes total sense to me. Okay. All right. So for those of you that have no idea what I was doing. So I was spreading out my stats and I accidentally put the three in shadow because my brain went S, strength. And I put the three there. So originally my stats read as two in edge, one in heart, two in iron, three in shadow, and one in wits. And I knew that was wrong, but I couldn't figure out what it was. So I looked at Zach and he went, oh, that's interesting. And then I realized my mistake. So now, <laughs> so now my stats are two in edge, one in heart, three in iron, because that's like physical strength, one in shadow, because I'm not sneaky, I'm old, and two in wits, because I'm not an idiot. I think we've said that before. I'm not an idiot. No, Marin strikes me as a pretty smart, rational yeah, person. Right. So I think those are, that's my distribution of stat, which I think makes sense and works for me. I should say the other thing that I really like about Iron Sworn is because it is fiction first, like Powered by the Apocalypse, mm -hmm. is that even though, so for instance, I'm giving Akreya a three in wits, mm -hmm. or, or to be more accurate, I'm giving Sorrel a three in iron. That means she's going to succeed when she can make a move. But because she is a small kobold, we can restrict when she is able to make moves. Right. Versus your three in iron, which you're mm -hmm. going to is going to be a lot more versatile for you. Right. Like it's not quite likely that Sorrel will be able to lift like a log. Probably, yeah. but I could probably. At least lift some of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my stat breakdown is for Akreya. I gave, uh, I put her three in wits. Mm -hmm. I gave edge and heart twos and iron and shadow are ones. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So she's smart. She's compassionate. Mm -hmm. She's not very strong or very sneaky. sneaky or deceptive. Yeah. Sorel, I put Sorel's three in iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, her twos in heart and shadow, and her ones in edge and wits. That feels pretty... Pretty on par. She's not real sneaky. Nope. She's not going to be the brightest room 
brightest light bulb in that room. She's not an idiot, but she's not the smartest light bulb in that room. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's hurtful to be like, no, okay. Sorrel's not exactly the, the I will, brightest. I will say that it is probably my favorite thing about role-playing games is that you have to think about your weakness. Like, you have to think about it objectively, and you have to be honest about it. Hmm. Like, you will always have a, a lowest stat. You will always have a lowest stat. Doesn't matter what system you're playing, you will always have a lowest stat. Unless you're like me and every level up you do, you attempt to equal yourself out, but then that's boring and you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, but you will almost always have a lower stat. And so you have a weakness. And so you have to play into that weakness. And I think that's just so interesting. Like psychologically, (laughs) I think that's so interesting. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that too much, but that's, that's cool. I wonder if people who talk about role playing games and therapy have kind of looked at that. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Because everybody focuses on the strengths, like, ah, I'm the barbarian, I'm going to be super strong. But if you're the barbarian and you've got all your stats and your strength, right, like that's your highest stat, you have a lowest stat. What's Mm -hmm. your lowest stat? Which one are you picking? Why did you pick that one as your lowest stat? So I could do this. That's interesting. (laughs) So next we set our health, spirit, and supply to plus five. Okay. So we are at full health, full spirit, and full supply. And y'all will see this when we pick back up into the story. But I think we're going to have spent a week in Melura. I think we got kind of stuck at the Owl Hoot. And we've spent a few days in Melura, which we'll see how everyone feels about that. But regardless of how we're feeling, it has given us the chance to kind of recoup, to reset, uh, to kind of regather our things. And we're just we're starting fresh. Mm-hmm. everything's okay yeah maybe we're behind our our time frame a little bit yeah i can't imagine that akray is super happy yeah we are going to set our momentum to plus two our max momentum is plus 10 mm-hmm. and our reset momentum is plus two and if you listened to starforge yeah you might remember how momentum works but basically momentum is a currency that we can use to replace our action score. And we can also burn it for advantages in certain things in yeah. Iron Sworn. So our next step is we can take up to three bonds. So we have a special progress track called bonds. Mm-hmm. And we can make up to three ticks, not three boxes, but three uh, tallies mm-hmm. into our bonds progress by having previous connections with people. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have... Bonds with people. Akray and Sorel don't have bonds with anyone outside of Marin and Osmer. Neither Marin doesn't. So I think I'm going to take two bonds for Marin and Osmer. Yeah. And that, but that's it. Those are the only people. Do that I we've wait? Hold of, on. Do I count Osmer? I think you can. Yeah. Okay. So then I get three ticks. The two of you, or do you only count as one? Because you're one character. I think we're only counting as one. Okay. So then I take two ticks. Marin left her life behind. She assumes most of those people are dead. I don't think she's got. Well, so that's a good question. I don't think she has bonds really with anybody anymore. Yeah. So even if you had, even if the people who you used to adventure with are alive, you we that don't bond have a relationship. Is... Yeah, we don't, we don't, we, they might be nice because they know me. Like they'll give me a $5 discount on my hotel room. Kind of nice. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have bonds. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty straightforward. Next, we choose three assets. Should we share assets now? Yeah, let's do it. If if that's the, you know, let's go step by step. Yeah. I'll go first because I think yours are more important Mm -hmm. overall. 
Uh, Akreya has two um, to reflect kind of her skill sets from the Ryutuma campaign. The first is herbalist. She can collect herbs that can heal. Uh, she can turn herbs into potions that can heal, which is something that she did a lot in the last session or mm-hmm. in the last campaign. She also took a ritual called Lightbearer. I think so in Ryutuma, Akreya could cast like a pretty decent amount of spells. The only spell she pretty much ever casted was the umbrella. Yeah, it was. Growing those plants. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming she's still going to be able to do that, but it's not really going to give us any sort of mechanical benefit. Right. Right. So she might have other small, like, prestidigitation spells, but they're not going to give us mechanical benefits. The one ritual she's starting with that will give us a mechanical benefit is light bearer. She can capture light and imbue that light into other things to make torches. Sorel's assets were a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I went back and forth with Sorel's assets. And I ended up choosing Improviser, which which lets her improvise supplies, improvise solutions to problems, mm-hmm. which feels very Sorel to me. Yes. Um, I don't know if she's always been good at it, but that's kind of something she thinks outside the box. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, her sword doesn't have a hilt, but she made one, yeah. sort of. Yeah, like that's a good, that's a perfect example, right? Her sword is an old, I think it was like a halberd. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said the wrong thing several times, but when I initially came up with Sorel, her sword was a halberd that she had kind of tied onto a new handle. And so she, it turned it into a sword. So she's improviser. And then her other asset is loyalist, which is all about aiding allies. Uh, when she aids an ally, I add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. So Sorel is really good at helping people. Yeah. That's her goal. She wants to help Marin. She wants to be there for Marin. And I think that's going to be a good choice. I think those are going to be good choices for Sorel. I agree. I think those are really good choices. All right. So mine are, um, I got a lot. So we'll start with Osmer. I had the choice of picking companions and for a little while, I was between, I think, a, a steed, like a horse, and this mammoth, which is ridiculous. But So, Osmer is not a mammoth. I want to be very clear. But this, it's not a stat. This, uh, what is it? The moves. The move set. Yeah, the move set. This is, I think, more appropriate for Osmer. So, Osmer is a beast of burden, and that is one of the options here. When you make a move that requires you to roll supply, you may roll with your mammoth's health. Instead, which I think is going to be very helpful and is what we used Osmer for. Osmer was not a fighter. Osmer was not to be ridden. Osmer was a beast of burden. And so that's why we went with a mammoth. Now, you've done something very interesting here. Because when we started Ryutsuma, you were very worried that I was going to kill Osmer. I was. And I always promised that I wasn't going to kill Osmer. Correct. You've given Osmer a health stat. Right. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> if if there was a way to have this beast of burden that wasn't alive, then I would have done that. But I have to. Ha- I have to have them a stat. And you still aren't allowed to kill Osmer. That's still you know. Well, now Osmer has a health stat. Well, here's so... the thing, though. We established pre-game. You can't change the rules on me. That's not how this works. It's <laughs> not how this works. I get to make up the rules, and I get to change the rules, but you don't. I see. Another. I keep calling them stats. They're not Asset. stats. Asset. That I picked was skirmisher. So if you wield a spear, I obviously, I don't have a spear. What I have is a monk spade, but this is, but it's usually how I fight with it. It's yeah. more like spear-like. So when I face danger, um, I can hold foe back and I get some, I get some advantages to that. I'm not going to bore you guys with reading it because I will definitely read it on air. 
many times, so don't worry. I also picked veteran, which I think fits really well with how we've described Marin in the past and, you know, her history and her, you know, her adventuring history and stuff. And it's just about, it's it's it just helps me get momentum and kind of helps me push forward with, you know, just the history of who I am and the things I've done. Um, and then probably the more important thing is that I took Slayer. Now, this sounds like a very fighty one. And it kind of is. But the reason I took Slayer is because when I'm tracking a beast or a horror, I get an advantage. And that I thought fit better with my um, my animal tracking stat than some of the other available advantages. So I tried really hard to kind of match it up. I think I did a pretty good job of matching up my assets with who Marin was in the Ryutuma campaign and trying to make it as seamless as possible in our Iron Sworn campaign. Yeah, those all seem like great choices to me. That sounds very natural. Yeah, I tried. Step eight is make note of any important equipment or items, which we we have a pretty good handle on. We'll we'll make sure we have those written down. And then set a background vow and give it a rank of extreme or epic. Then envision your exciting incident and swear an iron vow for details on setting up your campaign, etc. So we are going to choose our background vow. And our background vow is something, it's the thing that is spurring us on. It's the thing that has incited our life of adventure and is pushing us forward. So it's not just about why Marin has helped these kobolds, but it's bigger than that. It's why she went adventuring in the first place. It can be for this particular adventure. Okay. So uh, like for my background vow for Akreya and Sorel is going to be to bring our Lyrion's heir to their ancestral home. That is what has spurred them on mm-hmm. to adventure. That's the promise that they made. They they promised our Lyrion that they would bring the egg to our Lyrion's ancestral home. And I'm making that an epic vow. That is a long form vow. It's going to take them a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Marin's is just... To repay a great debt, like specifically mm. to these, to these kobolds. Do they have clans? I forget what the whole thing, tribe? Hive. Hive. To repay great debt to this hive. Because I was, you will remember, I was saved. And so I have to. Mm-hmm. It's like a tit for tat thing. So that's interesting. Let me make sure, because that wording is very interesting. So your promise to Akreya and Sorel is to get the egg to the island of Pongip. Right. But your vow is to repay them. Is to repay them for saving my life. So it's literally a life for a life. I'm saving the this egg's life because they saved my life. Okay. So I should probably reword this. No, no. I'm not saying you need to reword it. I'm saying those two goals are different goals. Re- are they? Repaying the debt and getting the egg to Pongip. Like one is a little more... Repaying the debt is more uh, metaphysical versus getting the egg to Pongip is something you can literally yeah. accomplish. I just don't care about the egg. Like if they had come to me about anything, I would still be doing this because the vow, right? Like the mm-hmm. vow that I took was like you saved mine, so I have to save yours, right? Or like I owe you something, right? Yeah. So it's not – they could have come to me with cabbage and been like I have to deliver this cabbage. It has nothing to do with the egg. It doesn't matter. It's it's that they asked me for a favor and I owe them, so I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
And I think it fits in with what we know. Actually, so I think what makes it interesting to me is that it it fits in with what we know about Marin, but not necessarily the face that Marin shows to the world. Mm-hmm. Because I think Marin puts on this face that is very like, I'm going to do the bare minimum. Like, I'm going to do the bare minimum, we're going to get done, and then we're going to go our separate ways. Right. But we've seen that Marin is actually a very honorable person who mm-hmm. also like cares about ideas of doing the right thing and cares about morality as well. Yeah. So this idea that her vow isn't do the bare minimum, but is repay uh, my debt mm-hmm. feels more in line with who I actually think Marin is inside. Right. Even if it's not who Marin presents herself as. Right. Well, because Mar- because presentation isn't necessarily who you are. Presentation is what's been done to you and, what, and how you're reacting to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's had this horrible tragedy in her life that she shot herself away from. And so now this is like her first foyer foyer. Foyer. F- foyer. Her first foray. Foray. Her first entering back into society is yeah. what I mean. A foyer is a Like room. the entry in the house. Yeah. A yeah. foray is a, like foray. a Yes, a skirmish. Okay. Well moving moving into yeah. society. Mm-hmm. This is her first time doing it and so she's still a little off off put and off putting. Um but I think the the vow is you saved mine, so I have to save yours. Like a life for a life in the positive, not in the negative. Yeah. And that's it for character creation. We have, we have now transferred our characters into Ironsworn. They are ready to go. And we're going to be starting in Ironsworn for Blood Gold in our next major episode. Yes. So just a couple other things having to do with that. Next week, we're going to d- release a short, like five minute recap of what Blood Gold Season 1 is, what happened in Blood Gold Season 1, and just kind of like a teaser trailer. And that'll be good to, you know, remind you what happened in the last 29, 30 episodes. And it would mean a whole lot to us if you would share it with people, spread it around, retweet it, just kind of get people on board for Blood Gold's return. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. And then the week after that, we are going to have our first episode of Blood Gold in Ironsworn. And we're going to get back to every other Monday releasing a Blood Gold episode. And we're really excited to get back to the story. Yes, especially with this new system. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. The other thing having to do with that is we are doing a giveaway for the return of Blood Gold. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a Twitter-based giveaway. Everyone on our Patreon is getting an one extra entry into the giveaway, but otherwise it's going to be based on Twitter. So make sure you head over to our Twitter once this episode is out for the full details on that giveaway. We are going to be giving away a hardcover copy of Ironsworn, as well as a set of minis depicting Marin, Akraya, and Sorel. And you're going to get to, if you win, you'll get to choose between painted minis or unpainted minis. And we're going to throw in some other goodies as well, like some heart points, stickers and prints and stuff and do some cool stuff. And we're really excited about it. So if you would check out our Twitter and spread the word over there, that would also just mean the absolute world to us. The giveaway is going to be going on now and will end when the first episode comes out. I will say if you do win... You should probably pick the unpainted ones because the painted ones are really cool and have little like 
one of them has like little grass glued onto it. Looks really neat. So I want it. <laughs> um, but it's actually available to anybody who wins. So if that's what you want, I guess I'm jealous. Whatever, it's fine. The painted minis are really cool, but I, but if you have the artistic ability to paint your own minis, that would also be cool. Yeah, we wanted to offer both yeah. because the unpainted are also really cool. And and if you are a big painter, it, it'd be cool to to get the unpainted ones. Absolutely. So we are super super excited, and we hope you are too. And we can't wait to get into get back to Blood Gold with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited. So. Our last bit of housekeeping yes. is a quick kind of state of the pod, state on where we are at and what's going on with us. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, we have some really sad news to share, which is that we're pregnant and I have no idea what the hell that means for me in the pod. I don't know what that means for me because I'm pregnant. <laughs> so it's not sad at all. It's actually good news. <laughs> the way you presented that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> we are pregnant with our second child. Um, we're very excited, but the, but I was not kidding. The truth is that I, we don't know what that's going to look like for us because especially right now we've been able to succeed with recording these because our current goblin sleeps for good stretches and she's always been a really good sleeper. So mm-hmm. we've always been able to kind of make this work, but there's no guarantee that our next goblin is going to be a good sleeper. And there's also, you know, the fact that they will be a newborn and they're not supposed to sleep well for a little while there. So we don't know what that means for us. But until that day happens, every other week, we will be recording and putting out episodes on Blood Gold. But yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of expound on that a little bit, it's been a really rough couple years Mm -hmm. for everybody. It's been rough here with a infant and toddler. And we have no idea what it's going to look like once we have a second. Right. So one of the things that we are doing is we are recording as much as we can before the new kobold arrives Mm -hmm. which means uh the episodes might be a little weird i think we're going to try to talk less about current events (laughs) in general episodes just because they're going to be like coming out months later we might have to do another hiatus again once the new kobold arrives right we really don't know what things are going to look like by the end or even i guess like the fall of 2022 we love doing heart points, and our goal is to keep doing heart points. But um, we are just asking that you have patience with us as things are probably going to get pretty rough at Heart Points HQ <laughs> in the coming months. Yes, that is absolutely the case. And unfortunately, we just don't have any answers until this kobold arrives. Yeah. Like, there's just, we can make predictions, but we won't know until this one shows up because our first one was a trick. She was a trick because she's good. Yeah, our our goblin was so, and the thing, even with how good and easy our goblin was, we still had to go to every other week when we used to be weekly. Yes. So we we really have no idea what's going to happen next. Correct. Which is why, like, you just be patient with us, please. And let us know, you know, what your thoughts are and what you think, you know, if you've got any good ideas. I think we're always open to good ideas. Yeah. And we are going to continue making stuff in some form or another. We just don't know how things might change in the future. Exactly. Which I think, you know, is kind of a, basically, you could say that at any time, but we know And especially during the COVID times. Yeah. Especially during the COVID times. But I think, you know, I am growing bones and organs. So right now it's fine. But at some point, those bones and organs will be alive and in my arms and screaming at me. So I don't know if I'll be able to record 
regularly on time. Yep. Just <laughs> fair warning. And also a, a thanks for, yes. you know, sticking with us and having so much patience with us as we learn how to be podcasters and also parents and also adults in a pandemic. Yeah. Y'all support and the joy that you have expressed from our show keeps us going. We want to keep doing this. We are, we love doing this and it's because y'all are so great. Yeah, absolutely. So just wanted to say thank you. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I think that's it. Is there anything that we're forgetting? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. All right. Well, head on over to our Twitter for info on the Iron Sworn Blood Gold giveaway. Keep an eye out for our recap episode next week and the full new episode of Blood Gold Iron Sworn the week after that. And otherwise, we thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope that as you return to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. Bye.